Murder at 1051 Ramsdale Drive. What happened to David Crowley, his wife, and his daughter? If this was truly a double murder-suicide, why did investigators fail to prove David Crowley guilty? Where is the evidence David Crowley killed his wife and daughter? Where is the evidence David Crowley killed himself? Within 24 hours of finding the bodies of David, Kamel, and Rania Crowley, the Apple Valley Police Department were treating the incident as a double murder-suicide. Authorities cannot prove David wrote Allahu Akbar in his wife's blood on the living room wall. Authorities cannot prove David wrote I have loved you all with all of my heart on a laptop in the kitchen. Authorities cannot prove David wrote Open the Rise most recent version Submit to Allah Now on a notepad in his office bedroom. Authorities cannot prove the dog trapped inside the house ate David's right hand, both of Kamel's hands, and their daughter's right arm, since dog feces tests were never done. Authorities did not know about a bullet that rolled out of a living room carpet until they were notified by the cleaning company, two days after the bodies were found. That bullet would later be tied to Rania Crowley. Authorities did not see the bullet hole in the living room ceiling or the bullet in the attic above until they questioned David's friend a month after the bodies were found. Authorities did not find a motive to support their accusations against David Crowley. Authorities did not find David's blood on any of the bullets at the crime scene. Authorities do not know when David, Kamel, and Rania Crowley died. What we know for sure is that David Crowley has not been proven guilty. My name is Dan Hennon. I live 30 minutes away from the Crowley family crime scene in Minnesota. I am the creator of the Facebook group called Justice for David Crowley and Family. I created this group on January 19, 2015, a day I'll never forget. Almost five years later, we have roughly 2,800 members, and my closest ally in the search for the truth is Greg Fernandez, Jr. Although Greg lives in California, and like me, has no connection to this case, he has been drawn to the bizarre nature of this case. On a personal trip to California in 2016 to conduct interviews relating to the Philip Marshall family murder case in Calaveras County, I was able to meet Greg personally, as we are researchers in that case as well. I was struck by the similarities of these two horrible cases. As Greg and I are both Christians, I'm grateful that our paths crossed. We conduct faith-based research on several unsolved crimes. I consider Greg a brother and feel honored that he asked me to write the foreword to this book. As an accountant by trade, my focus is on banking transactions and anomalies that come into play 
relating to means, motive, and opportunity of a crime. Who benefits? Why was the crime committed? My attention to detail is something I take pride in. I'm continually amazed with Greg's tenacity to dig deeper and find the real deep details. He asks the hard questions and is persistent. Greg's attention to detail is something he's been blessed with and is a very important skill that makes this book stand out in my opinion. The chapters Suspicious Activity, Chapter 9, and 21 Questions for Detective Gummert, Chapter 11, are very interesting. The chapter Suspicious Activity is extremely significant and to this day is the number one area where the law enforcement investigation fell short. The lack of follow-up on essential details was stunning. The fact that friends were in the Crowley home prior to the professional cleaning being completed is nothing short of astounding. Once the investigation ended, Greg summarized the remaining questions regarding the case that weren't answered in the police report. Greg's relationship with the lead investigator, Detective James Gummert, allowed these questions to be forwarded to the Apple Valley Police Department to be answered personally by Mr. Gummert. He took the time to answer the 21 questions, and that was appreciated by both of us. Regardless if we agree or disagree with the findings slash conclusions, we were able to have a cordial, respectful dialogue with the ABPD. The Gray Stage book is a well-written, extremely well-researched book that doesn't answer the questions, but instead forces the reader to use critical thinking and challenges the reader to jump into this case with both feet. This book is more of a research tool and guide for those following the case and leaves the conclusion up to the reader as to what may or may not have happened in the Crowley home in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Greg's straightforward approach and writing style make this a quick read and one that could be accessed again and again during the reader's research. This is not a whodunit mystery book, but instead it meticulously details the errors, missteps, and peculiar actions by family, friends, neighbors, law enforcement agencies, and various media outlets. Greg is careful not to point fingers. It accurately provides evidence why certain concerns are valid in a polite, respectful way. Greg has written many articles about this case, but he makes sure not to make this book a compilation of those articles. After poring over lab reports, ballistic reports, DNA analysis, and investigators' handwritten notes, Greg can pull tiny nuggets of useful information into the broader picture. 
Greg has appeared in numerous internet podcasts and radio shows relating to this case. And he and I are both interviewed and appear in the Netflix documentary, A Gray State, produced by Eric Nelson. This book is a one-stop shop for all questions surrounding the case. The reason this case stands out is simple. It isn't a case that took place in the past, but a case that took place in real time on social media that evolved during and after the actual investigation was completed. This group uncovered Facebook posts on David Crowley's personal page that were hidden or removed after the bodies were found. We've tracked the dishonesty that family and friends were caught in the aftermath of this and have exposed inconsistencies in witness statements provided to police. Our ongoing investigation continues to this day that involves dozens of talented citizen investigators on various media platforms that could lead one day to the actual solving of this crime. Much has been done to get this story into the hands and minds of the general public, but to date there hasn't been traction on a case that we feel is exceedingly important. Getting a book like this published is crucial to raising the awareness of this case. Greg wants the readers to share this material and the book itself with others. This book is not intended to collect dust on your bookshelf, but instead be a resource that can be utilized, marked up, and sections highlighted to use along your journey to find justice for David Homel and Rania Crowley. The index to this book alone is 10 pages and provides the sources for each piece of information provided in the book. The title, The Gray Stage, is a well thought out name for this book. The evidence overwhelmingly shows that multiple rooms in the Crowley house were staged following this triple homicide. The living room, office, bedroom, and bathroom show that pre-planning and care was taken to confuse and throw off detectives in this case. Crime scene staging is a physical manifestation of a person's imagination for how things should appear when trying to turn a murder case into a legitimate death scene says criminologist and death investigation consultant Laura G. Petler, who is also vice president of the American Investigative Society of Cold Cases. Although it is not clear who committed the crimes in that home, we do know that the scene was in fact overstaged. A mistake often made by amateur criminals, and this should have been picked up by seasoned investigators. Examples include leaving the marijuana on the bedroom dresser, leaving the Koran open up on the living room floor, writing the Islamic words in English on the wall 
in blood, leaving an alleged suicide note typed on a computer with no signature, playing a 53-song playlist, playing on David's laptop in a loop in the background, using hollow-point bullets for a suicide, removing the dog dish water and water bowls from the home, leaving the rear slider to the patio unlocked and slightly ajar in winter, and finally, taking body parts from the scene, resulting in some to believe that the dog ate them, was all far too much for one to consider plausible. I personally believe the ugly truth will come out one day regarding what really happened to this family, and this book is a big step in that direction. I thank you for reading The Gray Stage and urge each one of you to get this book into the hands of at least one other person. Dan Hennon, October 2019. simple truth. It really is this simple. Either you believe David Crowley is innocent or you believe he is guilty. If you believe David Crowley is guilty, you are wrong. If you believe David Crowley is innocent, you are right. It really is that simple. A United States Army veteran is dead. His wife and his five-year-old daughter are dead. A thorough investigation would only conclude with authorities admitting they lacked evidence to support their accusations. If authorities were to admit the case remains unsolved, they would also have to admit that the public may still be in danger. I am not able to solve this case. My interest is in forcing authorities to admit David Crowley is innocent. The reason they refuse to talk about this case is not because they are confident of David's guilt. They lack confidence in their allegations. Their department wishes to move on, but they are only lying to themselves. They must know the simple truth, and they need to publicly admit this. Their credibility depends on it now. The unspoken truth is that David is innocent until proven guilty. Why are authorities running from the simple truth? How long do they think they can run for? You cannot run from God. You cannot run from your nightmares, and you cannot run from the facts. Why would anyone want to? What could possibly motivate someone to try? If you cannot prove David Crowley guilty, then he remains innocent. It's as simple as that. So the resistance we face is disgusting. If David was guilty, the evidence would be right in our faces. 
If David was guilty, resistance to our questions would not exist. If David was guilty, facts would be evident. There are no facts to prove David guilty. There are only facts which prove David innocent. Hence the resistance to getting justice for David Crowley and family. Who cares? Do the people who closed this case and decided to not speak about it ever again really care? Do the friends who accused David Crowley of being guilty days after his body was found really care? Perhaps they only care about spreading the accusations of David's guilt instead of researching the facts of this case. They don't seem to care about the facts which prove David innocent. Truth is a simple thing. Justice does not die. Facts prove David is innocent. Thank you.